This is a Broad Pods production. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio for another Tuesday. My name's Joe Stanley. My co-host today and new co-host to Broad Radio, I'm thrilled to welcome Serpil Shanelmish. Hi, Serpil. Hello, Joe. Oh, it's lovely to have you joining Broad Radio. You're a broadcaster, you're a podcaster. Um Tell us a little bit about what kind of audio content. Gee, that's a very industry thing to say. Conversations, interviews, <laughs> podcasts. What, what do you like to listen to yourself? I love history podcasts. I get quite obsessed with history podcasts because you can just go down this rabbit warren of, oh, that's what we did as humans. <laughs> and it's, it's quite shocking to find out what we did as humans. At the moment, I'm obsessing over this series called Real Dictators because I don't listen to lightweight history. I just go straight for the hard stuff. Sure, sure. So, you know, you, you meet charming people like Hitler and Stalin and Tojo from Japan and Idi Amin and, you know, all, all the good characters of history. And it sort of puts you in this dark space of... What are we capable of doing to one another? But also it's really good to listen to because as you're watching the the news, I sort of start going, oh, oh, that happened in that podcast and these are the sort of key elements. Like, you know, when when, um, World War I happened, it was just one silly incident that that sparked an entire war across Mm. the world. And I start getting a bit like, a bit like the Ukraine and Russia situation. Yes. I'm like, are we hurtling towards World War Three? Well, I do wonder: are there patterns of behaviour that you recognise even in our leaders that aren't potentially dictators, but there's sort of qualities that they might still have? Absolutely. I mean, if you've, I'm sure we've all worked with a manager where we're like, hmm, yeah, I can see if you were given a little bit more power where you you would step into that dictatorial role easily. I think, yes, uh, that's how I rule broad radio. Yeah, <laughs> not really, not at all. Actually, you know what? Um, I was. Uh, it's very lovely to have you, Serpil, and we'll learn more about you as we go along. I was going to take my cues from the Prime Minister this week and have my husband come in and speak on my behalf, but uh, he he would refuse to actually own my ills and my mistakes, my husband. 
Although I did once insist that we go to Hawaii on a holiday, so right. You know. um, and and did he did he take the fall for you? <laughs> he would never. He would let me burn my husband. <laughs> Or does he play the uke instead? He does not do that either. We are going to be addressing the week that was in a little while and certainly we've had the Prime Minister and Jenny Morrison on 60 Minutes. We've had the amazing address in the National Press Club from Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins. Uh, and, and there's just been so much going on. So we'll be talking about that in a little while. Also today on the show, one of our all-time favourite comedians, Denise Scott, is joining us, as is um, a sexologist and someone who's going to help us step into our feminine power, Vanessa Moradian. We can't wait to bring that to you in just a moment. Um, Paul, like many in the country, you and I did not watch 60 Minutes with the Prime Minister. Um because I would rather scrub a bush toilet than watch that, to be honest. I've got better things to do with my time. But uh, we've seen lots of clips. And what particularly caught your eye around that interview? It was the the comment that Jenny made around Grace Tame and her manners. So, mm. you know, she said that um, she was being rude when she visited them. And, I mean, I... I actually printed off a section of what she said. She said, I just found it a little bit disappointing because we were welcoming her in our home. I just wish the focus had been on the incredible people coming in. I respect people that want to change things, stand up for their beliefs and are strong, but I still think there are manners and respect. So this didn't quite sit right with me um, for a couple of reasons. Um, Firstly, I just find it really odd that women are told that we have to smile on cue. Um, When, you know, Kenneth Hayne, who did the Banking Royal Commission, was sitting next to Josh Frydenberg and they had a photo op, he had this really glum look on his face. Social media didn't go into meltdown about why he wasn't smiling. He's not the only man Mm. who's not cracked a smile. I think women get told too often, you know, how to behave, um, I've had it all my life. Uh, I think women of colour experience that a lot as well. You know, oh, you're giggling too much. No, you're too serious. No, you're too opinionated. You're too loud. You're just too much. Mm. I think what it does is it takes away from the core issue and it's it deflects. And I think it was Madeleine Albright, right, who said, you know, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. I can't remember the exact quote. Someone mm. will correct me, but it goes something along those lines. Instead of focusing on the core issue, which is around abuse, assault, um, you know, abuse of women, assault of women, of children, we're talking about the behaviour of someone, whether Mm. they smiled or didn't. And instead, what we should be focusing on as a nation, instead, the conversation we should be having is some of the key points that Grace and Brittany addressed in the Press Club address, which was, you know, around things like we've got extraordinary high levels of domestic violence in this country what actions are we taking around that she said something like um, children get abused in this country at the rate of one in six boys one One in four four girls girls. what are we doing about that I can't even believe that the conversation hasn't been from the moment that Grace Tame was named Australian of the Year last year why wasn't the Prime Minister and everyone else around him saying, how do we stop this happening to another child? That's right. Boy or girl, how do we stop this ever happening? 
it is it, it astounds me that we were so focused on grace and how she behaves and other than the courage that she brings and in the recent uh 24 hours where there's this this photo of her as a 19 year old with a bong in the photo again i just can't fathom why anyone gives a shit about that <laughs> particularly as it is a known it's known that people who are survivors of abuse will turn to substances why wouldn't you Honestly, <laughs> well, well, I mean, you, you you need something to numb your pain. You've mm. gone through extreme trauma. And I think as a nation, we have to take collective responsibility about re-traumatising someone who's actually gone through massive trauma. And we, we need to shift the conversation around what are we actually doing as a nation to stop this? And what really upsets me is that this isn't a political issue. This is an issue about how we function as a society. I don't care who you vote for, um, you know, who you like, who you don't like. At the end of the day, we want to function as a society and we don't want this happening to anyone's mm. kid. And what stayed with me from Grace's speech was the, the section where she mentioned the money that we invest in mm. education, 11 cents per child, per year. You, you can't even get a stick of gum for 11 cents. That's, that's staggering. That's, that's disgraceful. Mm, absolutely. The other thing that I found really hard in the clips that I saw of the Morrisons on 60 Minutes is the, the turning to his wife for her to wear some of the mistakes he's made as Prime Minister, which... Again, I so I also have spent a lifetime being told how I should behave, but I've also in my career spent a long time being the moral guardian, the gatekeeper for the men that I've worked with. And that is such a boring old, really, um, it's, it, it's an oppressive thing to wear as a woman and why women are held to account when men behave in a way that may not be as appropriate as you wish. I don't understand. Like that sends me crazy. And she again was having to do that. The fall guy. Mm. It's, you know, it wasn't me. It was the wife. She pushed me into going to, you know, holidays in Hawaii, mm. Mm. except that she wasn't elected to represent us. He was elected mm -hmm. to represent us. So he had a responsibility to say to his wife, "Well, you know, let's let's park this holiday. I know we I know we want to go love. I know we all need a break, mm. but at this moment we can't. Let's just delay it by a month. Let's just delay it by six weeks. That would have been the sensible thing to do. Or do what a lot of families do. You go on holiday with the kids. My job has called me back because the country is on fire. Yeah, like you know, families do these things. Yeah, I guess um, we welcome lots of people who are already joining us. Donna and Vivian Turner, who's joining us from Shearwater, Tasmania. Love that. Um, and Eche again, lovely to see you on our comments there on Facebook. Um, I'm going to say that if you are disheartened by uh, any of our um, uh, party politics and particularly the Prime Minister, there are lots of options heading into this federal election in the form of independence and the extraordinary women who are running, of which there are so, they, their qualifications are extraordinary. We've got Claire Boardman, who is uh, running against Greg Hunt in Victoria. So she's the uh, Deputy Public Health Commander for Infection and Prevention and Control in, in the Department of Health. Incredibly uh, qualified. We've got Monique Ryan, who's the Director of the Department of Neurology at the Children's Hospital in Melbourne, who is running opposite Josh Frydenberg. Of course, our own Zoe Daniel, who is co-host here on Broad Radio. We 
when she has time, now that she's running for parliament, she's got a little bit on. Um, but, you know, extraordinary women that we can all perhaps look to as an alternative because um, most certainly when I see the Prime Minister playing the ukulele, I'm like, I'm not voting for you because you play a ukulele. I want to vote for someone who's going to be a Prime Minister. <laughs> That's right. And the, the band who wrote that song, Dragon, took issue with it, Joe. You know, oh, yes. they, they were like, mm, no, you can't be using our tune to play on the uke. Yeah, well, I think that is, I wouldn't be happy. It's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. It's That is a party pleaser, that one. Anyway, look, um, we, uh, we, um, present to you those uh, independents as an alternative and uh, I just love that those women are doing it and stepping up and and there are other uh, independents around the country that I didn't name there so um, we encourage you to um, check them out. In the meantime it's time for a laugh. My gosh we need one and so it's a thrill to welcome to the show for the second time back by popular demand one of our favourite comics. Hi there Denise Scott. Hello there beautiful ladies. Hello. Now, Scotty, you and uh, Judith are hitting the road again and you're doing a show called uh, Still Here. And I love uh, that you're called Still Here because um, I feel like women are often, you know, our opinions are not welcome as we age and we're encouraged to go and retire to a couch and watch daytime television, but you're still here. We are indeed still here. And it was that that... Um, excited us and 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 you know gave us the title for the show but also because we both live in lockdown and we live in um melbourne in lockdown rather uh for two years opposite sides of the river and the fact that we got through that and that we're still here and coming out and doing a show you know is what we have to offer <laughs> and because we love the song Still here. What's that song? Do you know that song? Oh, I didn't know that goodness. song. It's showbiz. It's the one from Postcards on the Edge where Shirley MacLaine. It's good times and bomb times. I've seen them all, but my dear, bum, bum, I'm still here. Yes. The, the terrific thing being that neither Judith, Lucy, nor I can sing <laughs> or. <laughs> Or dance, or to be honest, act. And we've written a show that has not one, not two, but three dance routines and um, a couple of songs and quite a lot of poignancy. Mm, poignant <laughs> moment. Look Love out. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scotty, you mentioned um, you put this show together during the lockdowns. Can you take us through the process a little bit? What, what, I mean, were you like, am I a mute? Am I a mute? How do we do this? How do we, I mean, how do you practice a dance routine if you're not in the same space? Well, sir, well, it takes extraordinary skill. <laughs> extraordinary talent. Um, but what, so what Judith and I did was in the last lockdown, which was, I think, lockdown number six, anyway, uh, we thought, well, we'll use this time and we'll write a show on Zoom. And so we'd meet once a week. And I'm not lying when I say Judith, because she was living by herself, would often sit there just crying. <laughs> and I'd just look into the middle distance, unable to know what I could do or say to Gia Hura. 
because I was in my own painful state. And so we'd just sit there and that would happen. And then we'd say, oh, maybe that's enough for today. And, uh, but in the end, and I think that's why we have come up with a show that is genuinely bonkers. Like it's, <laughs> our shows always are, but this one is bonkers. And we could not, we're usually people who are very, um, very focused in our work on just words, um, precise words, and a bit of impro with the audience. This has got so many sound cues and music cues and props, things falling from the ceiling. We, we didn't stop. We, we just thought, well, why not? And we've only just been informed that because of this, uh, shall we say, high standard of production, <laughs> we, we are going to be touring this show and probably make no money because we have spent everything on props and costumes and and um, music. Well, the audience will love it though. Your audience is so so they have such great affection for you too, and um, it's lovely to see the affection that the two of you have together as well. What a delight to have that to be able to share that with one of your best mates. I mean, it's kind of like I see you as sort of like when you're on tour half of the golden girls you know oh excuse me joe <laughs> surely surely we're not at that age but no it is it, it's it it is a, an absolute joy and it's been a joy because judith and i managed to scrounge together various projects during the two years of lockdown in melbourne and it was just great having someone else just a wonderful thing to appease the loneliness that being a comedian usually involves. Mm. You know, we have a good laugh. And also, you know, if the audience don't laugh at my jokes, Judith will. So there's <laughs> always someone, someone in the corner. I love the fact that you've worked with Judith since the 90s. Can you tell us a little bit about how important that sort of sisterhood is in, in the, the comedy scene uh, and how the comedy scene has changed in your time um, that you, you've been working together? Is she, is she a bit of a work wife, your, you know, your rock? She's my Jenny, to, as <laughs> Morrison would say. <laughs> She's my Jenny. It's, if it goes bad, it's Judith's fault. <laughs> It's all Judith's fault. Um, no, it's it's yes. Yeah, so we met um, in the nineties, and uh, you, you may have heard us tell this story before. But originally, we were in a show called Comedy Is Not Pretty with our third member, Linda, the late Linda Gibson, and that was a fantastic trio. And then during the course of uh, doing our second show. Linda's um, ovarian cancer, you know, it, the prognosis was terminal. And so we were dealing with the death of a, a really close beloved friend who we worked with. And that really forged our bond, real, uh, like, because we learnt during that time that 
oh, yes, the show is important, but, wow, it's something going on here that's much greater. And, uh, and that really has stuck with us for our, the rest of our working life with Judith and I, that our ego, um, whilst it's there, it, it, it doesn't get in the way of us really enjoying one another and really wanting the best for one another. Do I sound like I'm giving a TED talk? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But, but it's true. We really, it, it's it, often in comedy and it's really natural, you want, you're so um, desperate for attention and the laughs that you want it at all costs, really. But I'm really happy when Judith is firing because I get to sit back have a sip of wine. We always have a glass of wine with us on stage. Watch her perform. That's beautiful. I don't know if, because, you know, I started out in stand-up. I don't do it anymore. But I do always feel as though when you see women perform comedy, it is a slightly subversive act just by the fact that you're there. Oh, yes. And it, it's interesting that you say that, Joe, because it still is... Um, I agree, a subversive act. And in most venues now, though, I have to say, with younger audiences, it doesn't feel like that, especially yeah. the younger audiences. But I recently, um, it was just in between lockdowns, I got to do a private party. I was a stripper. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I went back to my old job. But, but no, I, I got to, which was, is weird. It's always weird going to do stand-up comedy at a private party, but um, they're lovely people, a group of and the, uh, medical, mostly medical people. And uh, the men uh, who would have been average age 70 were really uncomfortable with me there. Like mm. I had to, it was bizarre and sort of made weird jokes at my expense and because they were uncomfortable that a woman was walking in and they didn't know I'm going to take the floor and make the speech you know and uh and we got through it and it was absolutely fine like uh, you know I had a good time but it, it reminded me that this mm. is still weird it's weird for them and now it's become weird for me yeah that's that's Oh, it's crazy, isn't it, to do imagine? You think, yeah, but do you think that's an, that, that's an age-specific thing? You mentioned that, you know, there were 70-year-old blokes. So if there were, you know, a room full of 20-year-old young things, do you think that they would have been like, woo, Denise? Well, if they'd known who I was, 20-year-old. <laughs> but I think they are more used to it, definitely, mm. young yeah. folks. Um, Scotty, uh, I saw recently on your Twitter feed, um, you, I mean, you still get a, the odd write-up here and there in the ladies' mags and you had a little piece in, I believe it was Women's Weekly, where they, mm. were, very, they were very kind to you as far as the, the photo that they included in, in yes. that magazine. Yes, so I write um, a short column uh, for the Women's Weekly every month. And yes. It's become a thing that what I write about, um, they do a graphic art little thing and stick it. So, oh, God, I'm so articulate at this time <laughs> of the morning. So what happens is they use my face 
and I have to say that shot is photoshopped the bejesus out of it. So my face looks, say, a, a lovely 45-year-old with absolutely no wrinkles and no acne or anything. So it's a good photo. But then to my body, they change. Absolutely. It's not my body. It's not my hand. Whatever the topic is about. And, of course, the one you're talking about was getting a bra. Now, I say in the article I have to get a 16G bra uh, but the picture they've added is the body of me with i don't know what would you say joe a, a sort of 20 year old with yeah. size 12 i look 12 at, bra. at most that is a tw that is a 12 c i would say at most very tight very tidy little arrangement that person has <laughs> see and i love it I, you know my manager goes oh this is a bit you know, this is taking liberties, and I love it. I love the fact. Oh, the, but my daughter, I did a column because I've just had my first grandchild, and my daughter, the mother of the child, I wrote about Lenny, my grandson, and the photo is me holding a baby who, of course, is not Lenny. And, <laughs> but holding him up, this big, gurgly, chubby baby, my daughter was mortified. I said, well, you know, they just grab a picture of whoever. I love it. So how is your relationship with your body, though, as you're ageing? Are you sort of embracing it all, warts and all? Or are you happy that they've oh, chucked a 20-year-old boobs no, on you? I do not say warts. <laughs> it, because I don't know whether this is common, and it's repulsive. I have this wart virus that... So they've sort of flashed, but they're all over my decolletage. <laughs> I, I think that's called TMI, Denise. <laughs> what is not it? Too much information. It's never too much information from Scotty. Keep going. <laughs> no. No, you'll love it, especially if you're eating your breakfast. <laughs> um, but it's just weird. And it's, uh, there's a whole lot of things as you age that happen and you go to the doctor and they just say, oh, yeah, that's whatever, nothing we can do. And so off you go. And no, I, I'm not, my relation to my body, it's, oh, I'm disappointed because I have arthritis and um, and so I, you know, I just can't move like I used to. I can't squat. Hello. That's, <laughs> that's upsetting to me, you know, when you, like, because I've watched, did you see that, um, it's Sophia Arista? Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, an American singer. Mm. Her, her clip went viral. I'm really up with the young folk stuff. And uh, anyway, she's an American singer and she was performing on stage. You'll have to Google it afterwards. And she got a guy, a volunteer from the audience, a bloke, to come up and lie on his back. Did you see this? Yes, and then and she... She stood over the top of his face. Mm and dropped her trousers and low, slowly lowered herself and pissed yes. on him. Yeah, and, I saw um, that. I know. Like, isn't I'm shocked. Well? And I thought, and see, when I see that, I think, oh, wow, I've got arthritis in both knees. I could never do that. <laughs> see, that's how I, look, how I look at life now. Yeah, it's a shame that you've, you've closed the door on, on squatting and weighing on someone's face, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It would, it, you know, the, but... You know, but mind you, Judith can still, she can still do it. So you never know what might happen 
in our show. <laughs> Just don't come on stage. Lucky it's COVID. We can't have people on stage anymore. Yes, it's a, it's a relief that you won't be then invited to do such a thing. The guy was up for it, apparently. All right. Okay. Well, that makes it okay then. He, he was up for oh, it. Oh, yes, it? yes, yes. It wasn't. It, I, I'd say it was a little bit of a setup, quite frankly. I think, mm. is that called a golden shower? It's apparently called, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're so fucking <laughs> simple. <laughs> We're very quick off the mark with that information, Joe. <laughs> I know, samples right across the golden shower, it seems. Um, we are going to be joined by a sexologist very soon, actually, Scotty, so um, we should, we'll delve deeper into that perhaps. Um, I don't know if it's the sort mm-hmm. of information that you need to take away. With you, Scotty. Are you leading me into something here, Joe? <laughs> something that I tweeted? No. Oh, you made me laugh so much when you saw that you were going to be sharing a show with a sexologist whose name is Vanessa Moradi and she's extraordinary. Can't wait to chat with her. But, um, you know, it, it, it's perhaps a different stage of life for you. Yes. And, and something, uh, well, uh, yes, I did go. And this is true, a visit to the gynaecologist and she... <laughs> said a word you never, ever want to hear a gynaecologist say when they're peering up your vagina, and it was atrophied. Now, that with the warts on the decolletage and circle you asking how I feel about my body, it's not, it's, I'm not, I don't feel fantastic. I'm not skipping around the room with joy. Well, I can't skip because of the arthritis, but they chin up it. It's, 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 um... Oh, it's done its job. We've all, yeah. you know. <laughs> Gets you from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and... not all over. Look, I just want to show you this. Creams, you know. There's what? things you can do. With there's cre- creams for that cre- sort of. There's creams for that sort of business. I'm Ladies. taking notes. I'm taking mm. notes. I've heard tell there's creams for that sort of business. We'll ask Vanessa about that as well when we get to her. Um, Scotty, we're so excited that you and Judith are touring the country again. Uh, do check it out wherever you are. I know that you'll visit that city at some point. I know that you're hitting Melbourne um, in April for Still Here. We but, are indeed. But then you're heading off around the country. Heading off around the country. We go to Canberra next week. Fingers, Because, of course, now it's all about dodging COVID so that you can actually perform. That's our, that's our. Um, mm. you know, Judith and I are always talking about, what do you mean you went out for dinner? You can't go out for dinner. We have to stay COVID free till we get to do our show. But anyway, thus far, all good. Yeah, well, we're thrilled. And, you know, so far people have been, um, we've had people on the line, by the way, Scotty, that said that they would listen to you do a TED Talk any day of the week. Well, you know, goodness me, I'm there. I'm there and I'm ready. And yep. I've got so many ghastly things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and and share in my, uh, what is it, lack of ability to cope with many of the harsher things that come life's way. And, of course, that's what Judith and I always celebrate, the disappointments, mm. failures, mm. you know, and we love it. We have a ball. Yeah, we are. Well, everybody in your audience does too. I can't wait to see it myself. Um, Scotty, all the best and give our love to Jude and have a great tour. I hope you manage to get around the country COVID free. Thank you. And look, I've got a confession to make that, and you know that I had to get my husband John out of bed to help me set up. 
this call this mm-hmm. morning and he plays ukulele like <laughs> non-stop he's a big ukulele player so he's taken that 60 minutes pretty hard it's not doing his image any good i'll leave it at that thank you so much scotty you take care you too thank you sir but thank you joe Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Serpil, um, a couple of things to get through that we've spotted during the week, which is super fun to chat to about. You were telling me about a really awesome series that you've uh, just binged. I fell in love with this series. When I find an actress that I really connect with, I follow them through series. So I discovered Alison Brie in Mad Men. Then she took me to the kooky comedy com- community. And from there, I landed on Glow, which is short for gorgeous ladies of wrestling and what a delight this series is because it's a bunch of women who step into their power essentially in the wrestling ring so if you've ever watched Hulk Hogan when you were a kid which I did with my dad of course we all watched Hulk Hogan you know the the, the premise of the show is that that women can't do this Mm. and they absolutely can and they do it's just glorious script writing because Women are shown in all of their sort of complexities. We, we see their physical limitations. We see their mental limitations. We see so many complex characters. We see um, single mothers. We see women trying to be mothers. We see women having body issues. We see women coping with the fact that they come from a history of genocide. So it's really complex and it's packaged up into this beautiful, fun bubble of wrestling where you just see women smashing each other in the ring and I just love it. Yeah, and and the best fashion from the 80s and the glitter and the hair and the makeup and everything, it's so awesome. I loved this series too and I love, it reminded me of Roller Derby uh, in that, like, it's that space where we love dress-ups, but we want to smash the shit out of each other as well. Like, we want to be really physical and strong and powerful, but gorgeous and glamorous as well. Yeah, you you got to look pretty hot in your spandex mm. and, and a lot of glitter, a lot of makeup. It's it's the best of the 80s, you mm. know. It's just, it's just glorious. Yeah, it is a super fun series. Unfortunately, they had their fourth season cancelled because of COVID. 
and they couldn't oh. they couldn't shoot it because it's such a physical like the scenes are there up in each other's faces wow yeah and not just faces up in each other their armpits and wherever else they might be wrestling so yeah it's un- unfortunate that they had to cancel it which was a real shame but um yeah it's one of those it's an awesome series and it got me thinking about all of the subversive spaces we're just speaking about com- comedy there with scotty but there's wrestling there's roller derby there's you know surfing and um you know there's so many spaces where women sort of go oh I- i'm just going to own this AFL, cricket, rugby. Soccer. Soccer. It's so exciting to see that happening and I can't wait though for when our children's that generation are our age and they're like why is it why are we even talking about this yeah that's right um, <laughs> wrestling sure i can do that mum i'll just get my shorts on yeah yes <laughs> exactly right so yeah check out that series it is really awesome and oh, i love an ensemble cast full of amazing women and it's so diverse. This cast is mm. so diverse. That's why I loved it as well. They're all relatable. So there's one character that you always feel really aligned with. Um, um, for me, it was because I followed Alison Brie there. It's the, the lead character, Ruth. She's just so flawed and so complex. And I just love how they're not two-dimensional. Often in shows like this, you know, women are really two-dimensional. They're really fully fleshed characters. You you kind of feel like, oh, I could be be mates with that person mm, i love that that is the best while we were doing a little pricey of the week i i spied a thing that, that caught my eye on twitter and uh it was initially i saw this wall of boobs on my twitter feed and i was like wow look at that um it's like 30 no 43 breasts i believe are there or, or maybe there's more than that i can't do my sums five eights are, anyway whatever however many women <laughs> there and it's actually from an adidas campaign where they have released uh 43 different styles of sports bras which is pretty impressive it's so impressive but when i look at that ad campaign Mm -hmm. and i see those free boobs yeah it just encourages me not to wear a bra because at the best of times i'm like i hate wearing a bra i find it so constrictive so I'm not sure uh, in in terms of an ad campaign if other women will react like me and think, oh, let's just go, let's just go free. Let's not buy the sports bra. Hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm a sports bra wearer because hmm. I run and I look at that. And I was trying to try and work out which one is me. If I, if you were to find, if I was in a lineup, so there's five, five, twenty five, a grid of twenty five pairs of breasts there, right? And if I was to be in a lineup, would which one of those would I be? <laughs> Because they are such weird-looking things, they boobs. Are. And I sort of had a little quick glance at them and I, I couldn't see my boobs in there. Mm. Um, and it, it sort of reminded me of, have you ever been to um, Mona in Tasmania? Yes. It reminded me of the vagina exhibition where you walk down the gallery and there's the, you know, the plaster casts of, of all of the different vaginas. I took my mum there and she was just like, oh, wow. Yes. I didn't know we were so different. And I had the same reaction to the boobs. I was looking at them yesterday thinking... I did not realise how different boobs could be. Mm, I love it. It's fantastic. There should be more of it. It's it's uh, obviously, again, subversive to see breasts just natural doing what they do. Just yeah. hanging there. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Um, you know, I feel like there's a bit of a theme in today's show because uh, next up we're going to be speaking with v- Vanessa Meradian, sexologist, who's going to show us how to step into our feminine power and there may be a bit of free breastage apart (laughs) as a part of that that's coming up after this broad radio talking inspo we love info we need and sharing more of us watch and listen live every tuesday 9am australian eastern daylight savings time
at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300-8-BROAD. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. It's time to step up into our power, into our feminine pussy power. I need to read this, to, to, to engage with the femme within. That's what we're doing here now. Sample, and we're doing it with the extraordinary sexologist and founder of Me Amuse, which is a wonderful website you might want to check out. That's a great resource, and uh, um, you can find all the things there that you might wish to uh, help you step and uh, into your femme within. Um, Vanessa Meradian, hi there. I've got your cards here, which I absolutely love. How are you this morning, Vanessa? Hi, Joe. Hi, Sir Paul. I am good. You have pulled, uh, you've produced big pussy energy, these cards, which is all about us engaging and connecting with the femme within. What does that even mean? Great question, because I feel passionately about it. Um, And obviously putting something out into the world called big pussy energy is, is quite a, a task in this, in this modern day. And with, uh, all the sensitivities out in the world and people having access. It was nerve wracking, but something I feel really passionate about. I am a sexologist and a yoga practitioner. So we're often talking in yoga about polarity of existence, which can be labeled masculine and feminine, yin, yang. In yoga, it is Shiva and Shakti, uh, sometimes known as divine feminine, divine masculine. So from my perspective these cards are about how we cultivate the qualities of the feminine energy regardless of how we identify because that is important to me uh gender i've been working with women now for 13 years but um i am queer and that keeps developing and being more and more safe and i work with a lot of queer people so that was really important for me to make this conversation really inclusive and accessible. So big pussy energy as energy, as maybe your pussy and your vulva if you have one, uh, but essentially the access to the qualities of nurturing, compassion, leading with love in action, community-driven, and more connection to the self so that we can be of service in a beautiful, full way to the world around us. And, and really a balancing of the, the toxic kind of patriarchy that we've been, as people with cyclical bodies, been putting that into this linear system. And really, for me, it feels like bound and, and, and driving this home in a, in a society that looks like this and very goal-oriented and rule-oriented and, and um, which doesn't necessarily serve people who have cycles who fluctuate all throughout the day, all throughout the week, all throughout the month, all throughout the year. Mm. So how do we empower ourselves? Because it's necessary. It's so necessary right now and we need that balance of love. I think um, you could even look at Jacinda Ardern in action and how she brings these qualities into leadership. And for me, that is ultimately big pussy energy. 
Mm. Vanessa, full, 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 full disclosure, when it, when it comes to the, the sex part of the conversation or the pursuit of pleasure, I've, I've never felt comfortable having that conversation. I guess it's something to do with my upbringing, right? So, you know, you mm. we didn't we didn't talk about sex. We pretended that it didn't exist. So, you you sort of, you know, you got married, you had babies, the end. How you had the babies, well, you kind of figured it out along the way somewhere. So, when mm. Joe handed the deck of cards to me and I, and I pulled out a card and and the one of the cards that I pulled out was pussy bathing where you allow the sun to bathe the skin of your vulva I was like oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and then I had a bit of a giggle because you had a warning with it the potential for sunburn is real you said (laughs) which I laughed I was like oh great so I guess my question to you is if I do this every day if I pull out a card am I going to eventually feel comfortable talking about this Ideal, ideally, Circle, that would like warm my heart completely. And I guess I've been, not I guess, I have been having conversations particularly about sex and sexuality and pleasure for the past 13 years out of Melbourne. I've been working in this really intimate space in many different ways. Um, I love that Judith Lucy came into the conversation because I've also um, had some great chats with her about all of this. Um, and... But yeah, the shame and the stigma was really why I started Me and Muse in in 2008. And at that point, I was 27. And, you know, this was, I'd spent some time growing up in the States where, so I did year 11 and 12 in high school, went to college there for a few years. And for me, they, it felt so much more open there to talk about our genitals, our sex, masturbation. It was kind of revolutionary for me to be at a school, school where people were open and particularly college. But um, so I hear essentially all day long the shame and the heaviness of what we carry, particularly as women, as women, uh, cis women, women who um, are born, born as women and continue to be identify that way. Uh, that we've got these shackles and shame that it wasn't allowed, but so many people are having sex. It's so important um, from, you know, the Eastern philosophies around our vitality and life force. And we've always looked at this as through the cis men's lens, the male gaze of what pleasure looks like. And it's been about them and pleasing them. And that was really true for me growing up. I never really felt too safe um, or accepted around uh, who I was as a woman growing up. So, yeah, just working with women in this way and helping liberate them and their pleasure and that we can prioritise ourselves and this makes us feel good and alive and it is a sense of vitality and libidinous energy that can actually propel us into better relationships, more authenticity, uh, creative pursuits um, and that that is vital in the world right now and that we do all really I think need to love each other better and sexuality has so much shame and stigma and as we know through Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame and that conversation in the past year how important it is that we are empowering ourselves from a young age we cannot hate on the generations that came before us because that is 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 what they were in but we are undoing that shame and that um, 
for me, it's kind of this contracted state, this binding um, that we don't deserve that and that it's essentially too powerful. And what, what does it look like to feel full power as women in the world? Um, because, yeah, we need that right now. So, yeah, I hope that by, I know actually, uh, Circle, by doing these cards, if you do take the time to be with them, that they are confronting sometimes. And I write to that in the cards and sometimes that um, softer guidance had to take out because you can only fit, I think, 200 words on a card. But like breathing, <laughs> pausing, taking the time, noticing maybe a contraction or a pullback and then having a breath and softening that this is the way we want to roll and that you deserve that and that will serve you all day long. I mean, I will say, like, I love the cards because so many of them are about just really being creative and expressive and and kind and compassionate Mm -hmm. and connecting with others. And, you know, not all of them are overtly sexual and I'm really into journaling and I love the loving self-talk and all of that sort of stuff. But I, I guess I, I don't want to go topless in nature with my girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, um, and then I go, well, but am I a prude? Is that something that, am I denying myself a sense of my sexuality and, and liking myself more if I don't wish to do that? Mm. I, well, I would never say yes. I would just ask you why even prude is such a funny word like i think it's it's limiting joe so um essentially with the naked in nature if you have followed me on instagram or know my work my own body love came from from more nakedness and and being open about that and seeing other women's bodies yes i sleep with women so i had i'd been more um aware and enlightened by the beauty and the diversity of all our bodies but my own body the acceptance of it it came by being naked in front of others in an empowering way not just only a sexual way and from the you know the chinese medicine perspective and the taoist perspective there's so much life force and vitality in the uh the real world around us in nature it's called qi so when we put our bare feet on the earth, we are actually stimul- stimulating our libido ultimately, but we are receiving vitality. So I started just like skinny dipping down at Mount Martha and, you know, the the, the edge of also, am I going to, is this illegal? Am I going to get arrested? Was also like <laughs> part of, I think, a li- I'll channel, say a little grace tame there, like, it, bring it on um, sure. you know like if we need to have that conversation if it needs to be a headline sexologist arrested at the beach for being naked I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation um, but yeah often being naked and just I could feel the liberation by those layers of like not doing it then maybe the next day going skinny dipping with friends wondering what they're thinking of my body all these things but over time the more I did that the more liberated I became and the more easy it, it, it actually was and is to be naked. I will say I once did, the only time I've been naked with women in, you know, just a totally, like it was like a, it was a radio thing, right? But it was just me in a, strangely, an office at work. <laughs> so the environment, the environment wasn't ideal. 
there was yeah. me with three women who um, were naturists and they came in and we all sort of just sort of stood around naked. And I will say it was a very profound experience for me because I did see my mm. body very differently after that. Beautiful. And like, so, yeah, you can, yeah. Oh, I just, it just kind of, it, it made me realise how much I do see myself through a male gaze. Again, it, you know, it's like I've been brainwashed in a way rather than just see it as, feel it as an experience. Yeah, and we're so similar and so unique. And this is like, it's, you know, that's what's to be embraced. It's like, and now as we're ageing and I just turned 40 last week, um, and, you know, I don't have any greys and you look at me like this, but I got greys and we go like this. And, but just the response of people who are younger than me when I tell them I'm 40 is like a, a beautiful <laughs> exchange. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I can feel a lot of emotion in my body as you say that coming up, but uh, we are just, yeah, all deserving of this, um, of loving ourselves. And it's so, we've got to get past it. Like we've got to, these little, and it just makes me really happy to know that you all stood in your office naked. And I was going to say that if you need to amend the cards slightly to help you take slower steps, go for it. But essentially there are like 60, I lost count. I think there's like 63 cards or something. So there are these really gentle cards on how to, you know, be with your body and just look at yourself there's, I think there's one standing in front of the naked, um, the mirror naked and, and noticing that judgment that comes in, pausing, breathing, mm. standing. And why? Why do we want to do this? And especially women of our generation, why is it important that we hold these spaces with pride um, and, and the courage that it actually takes? because we see the world around us, we see the tech growing and access to all sorts of different things and body modification, which of course in modern day feminism is like everyone's choice. But as I age, um, I'm also really curious of how we do that um, in, a, in an empowering way and see it more in the world around us as well. Mm. And back when Denise was saying, I just want to say that creativity that both her and Judith bring and have brought to our society for, you know, decades now, that creativity is sexual energy. Creative energy is sexual energy. In Tantra, in Tantra they sit in the same chakra system, which is the, the one right near the genitals, that kind of your pubic mound. And, and, and what we mean by that is essentially the energy is interchangeable. When you feel alive on stage doing stand-up, which I also definitely feel alive on stage at times, the adrenaline and the flirtatious edge that you're at is similar to that adrenaline and flirtatious edge when you're about to get it on with someone maybe who you don't know fully yet and or when you're out flirting with a barista. It's all this is all interchangeable, you know, with creativity. So it's beautiful to broaden the lens and look at the intention and what's accessible to us and see this as vital life force, eros, and erotic energy. Vanessa, you mentioned uh, women of our age, and, and I, I don't think I'd be alone when I say that the first time I had a conversation around sexuality, my body, and sex was a year nine classroom 
Teacher standing in there, banana in one hand, franger in the other, and it was awkward. Mm. <laughs> Do you think, like, women our age uh, have to go back to sex 101, like yeah. basics? Yeah, I definitely. Um, and I spend a lot of my time talking about those, well, I don't so much anymore, but those basics, yeah. I, th- I don't know. I think we're getting a grip on the anatomy, but still a lot of people don't even um, know that, you know, 80% of the clitoris is actually inside the body, is internal, that the tip of the clit is just like the tip of an iceberg. And that that even science isn't caught up. Like we discovered the G, um, the clitoris, the full anatomy of the clitoris in 1998. Um, and, you know, I was in year 11 then. My beautiful mother died in 1995. So the fact that we, science wasn't even around it and is still really not, we're coming up with different ways and understanding still the cis woman's body around orgasm and how that actually works. But to take all that science away and what we have capabilities of doing through the lens of science and actually looking perhaps at, you know, what I deal with a lot is libido and desire actually wanting sex. And like you were talking, Surf, all that, like um, meet someone, marriage, babies, no more sex, that zone I meet a lot of people in and I'm really curious about. I think maybe there'll be a book in there one day um, about what's actually happening there and what is happening to our erotic energy, which is life force. Um, you know, it's that like bounce out of the bed or it's that, you know, for me, it probably feels pretty good around, yeah, right this time, 9.15, where I'm like amped and ready and talking to you, this relational exchange that's similar to me flirting. So mm. um kind of looped around there no but I'm really interested in what you're saying and what I've kind of gathered from this conversation which is quite new for me because of my upbringing where sex was you know in in that part of my life and then you go on and you live Mm. this part of your life and but what you're saying is that the life force that is in us and what the whole point of big pussy energy is it, you know, it's there all day, every day. It's the playfulness. It's the lightheartedness. It's the joy. It's the, you know, it's just being willing to kind of have that energy of living, actually engaged with living, which I yeah. love the idea of that because it then takes away the pressure that when we read about sex that you have to perform in a certain way, you have to look a certain way, it's supposed to feel a certain way. Mm. No, it could be just I'm going to walk, through, you know, along the beach and feel really kind of sensual and luscious and that is that is my sexual energy that day yes you've totally 100%. converted me i absolutely yeah, love it i can't tell you vanessa i love it so it much really, because that makes me you know it makes me feel this way which is similar it's similar to when i connect with friends it is like and we need to see the world with that and we can harness that and then how you want to bring that into the bedroom like mm. i might and i say like this because how we look at sex is kind of so you know the experience of it is kind of so limiting it's like the peak of a mountain and when i work with clients i look at you know the whole whole life because that's more accessible in the healing yeah. and then and how we are in our day to day can then be channeled into how we show up in the bedroom so yeah you've got your titties out with your besties and you feel good about that <laughs> that means that perhaps you are going to be able to roll over sit in a way that maybe feels a little previously ugly and not and just be free there make these sounds a lot of women have issue making sound and being heard mm. through their voice 
So that comes into authentic and speaking authenticity and speaking for how um, you'd like to be in the world and then being able to make all those sounds around your pleasure and get it. You know? I love it. I really, really love it. Um, it's it's fascinating. It is. It is. Um, it takes courage, I think, because of course we live in a society where they don't. You know, it doesn't. Women don't give. We're not given permission to be free yep. and and accepting of ourselves in that way. So I really, I'm loving big pussy energy. It's really, it's yeah. really <laughs> a transformational experience right here, Vanessa. And I, I initially I'm warmed. It. You know what? I warmed to you when I read that um, you first realised you're a sexual being while watching The Blue Lagoon in the 80s. Which honestly, <laughs> I never forget that film. It was very formative for me, also with Brooke Shields. It was the first time I, I got tingles. I remember getting tingles, you know, in my body and, and particularly my pussy. And I'm going to say, I say I'm okay saying pussy and I know that people aren't. Um, but oddly, my parents also gave me that word to use. And my mum, my beautiful mum is not alive, so I can't actually ask her why and she would know why. Whereas my dad is like, what? We gave you that word. Like, what? He's like, I don't remember. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, but, yeah, the Blue Lagoon was like them swimming, I remember, mm, just their bodies swimming in the water mm. and being so, like, now I know aroused. But at the time I was like, oh, yeah. So when I would find out it was coming on TV, I'd jump in my parents' bed while they weren't in the bed, lie naked with a sheet on my body and just watch those scenes. I love and it. really love it. let it land. Let it land. Um, Nice. Vanessa mm. Meradian, thank you so much. It's been awesome to chat with you. Get out and uh, purchase yourself Big Pussy Energy. It is a super fun deck of cards. Give it to your friends, I would say. That's a good gift. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And maybe let them hear this conversation too if they need need a little more encouragement. Yeah. And if thanks for having me. No, no, thank you very much. And if you're uh, seeking anything for your pleasure, you could head along to Mia Muse as well because um, that's a really fantastic resource as well. Thanks so much, for Vanessa Meradian. It's been awesome to speak with you today. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Circle. Yeah, take care. And, Circle, that's the end of the show. I'm going so quick. Flew. Yes, we're one minute over, and Ro over there, our producer, is sending us cross text saying it's time to wrap it up. It's been delightful to have you on Broad Radio as co host. I had so much fun. Yeah, we'll have you again soon, and we'll be back next Tuesday with Broad Radio. We'll see you then. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.